brother. We're going to be in 3 John. Now, if you know where Revelation is, which is the very last book of the Bible, get to Revelation, turn left. You'll find Revelation, then turn left. You'll find the, the little book of Jude, and then you'll find the little book of 3 John. It's 1st, 2nd, 3rd. 3rd John is where we're going to begin this morning. 3rd John. That's where we're going to begin this morning. 3rd John. The third epistle of John. There's only one chapter, so that's why I didn't call out a chapter yet. Third John. Third John. We're going to be there at verse 2. Third John. We're going to be there at, at verse 2. And John's right here to Gaius and as he's writing to Gaius, he says here in verse 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, and even as thy soul prospereth. Let me read that again. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. This morning, you know, I want to preach on seven steps to prosperity. This might be the only and one time you're going to hear me preach a prosperity message. Because John here is wishing guess. He goes, I want that you would prosper and be in good health, be in health, even as I soul prosper. Now, everybody in this room that's a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, your soul's prospering. You're going to heaven. You got it made. But I want to preach this morning on prosperity and what you can look forward to because we're turning into a new year. It's a new year. We're about to start the new year uh, tonight. And uh, as we get going with the new year, it's a good time to talk about prosperity, how to be prosperous. People are thinking about eating their cabbage, eating their, their uh, black-eyed peas, trying to get some money, get ready for money. That, that's most of everybody's tradition. And we're going we're to talk about the real prosperity, what the real prosperity is according to the Word of God. Brother Hank, do you mind praying over this message, please, brother? Thank you. Father, we just come to you, Father, thank you for another day. Yes. Yes, Lord, pray, brother. Yes. Yes, Lord, move, Lord. I trust, I trust Lord, that your word will be Amen. Yeah, I know years ago, uh, Joe Olstein came out with a with a book called Seven, Your Best Life Now, Seven Steps to Living at Your Full Potential. Now, I can confess I've never read Joe Osteen's book, and I never intend to read <laughs> Joe Osteen's book. And if you come to me and say, oh, Brother Keegan, that's the greatest book I've ever read, I'll think less of you if you tell me that. But the only, only book of Joe Osteen's I think I'd ever read is if you wrote a book on how to have uh, white teeth like sour cream, because he's got the whitest teeth I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how he gets those white teeth like that. It was like chiclets somebody put in his mouth or something. But prosperity message. I want to talk, you know, because I, I think of prosperity. I think of these prosperity preachers you see on TV. And uh, 
We were, me and Ronnie Hoggett were hanging out one night, and we were watching. He turned over to one of those prosperity preachers, and it was everything I preach about. It was, it's like if I could it's like it's, it's all, it's, it, was a, it was a comedy is what it was. The guy was just like, send money, and you're going to get money back. If you'll send me money, you'll get money back. I mean, it was, it, it's what he was saying. And he had these people giving testimonies, and she's like, I sent you, you $6,000, and I got a check. No, no, that's not what she said. You remember what she said, Ronnie? She said something like, I sent you in some money, and I prayed to God, and he sent me a $6,000. I got a $6,000 check in the mail. And everybody, amen. And guess what? I got another $13,000 check in the mail. Amen. She forgets to mention that it's Biden that's sending her the money probably, you know, <laughs> but not God. The point is, is that everybody thinks about prosperity. We need to look at what prosperity really is according to the Word of God. So let's first off, let's, and, and prosperity is a little bit what you're thinking it is, but let's first off, let's let the Word of God, let's let the Word of God define what prosperity really is. Turn to Genesis chapter 39, prosperity. I want to preach a prosperity message this morning. Genesis chapter 39. Let's look at Joseph real quick. Genesis chapter 39, if you can find Genesis 39, then we're going to go through our Bible and we're going to look at prosperity all through our Bible and what it is and what it's not. But I want to give you seven steps to prosperous 2024. I'm looking forward to 2024. I don't know about y'all, but when somebody says, yeah, back in 2002 or 2001, I'm thinking that's just, that wasn't too long ago. That was 24 years ago. Can you imagine that? Like when somebody talks about the early 90s, I think that wasn't too long ago. That was 30-something years ago. Is that what happens when you get old? You start thinking those old, <laughs> I don't know, man. Decades just flew by for me. I can't believe that we're in 20. We're supposed to be flying in cars right now, out, you know, flying cars, be out on Mars. Be, no, we, no, we can't even uh, get our refrigerators to work right half the time now. I mean, it don't make, we, they sure haven't uh, cured male part, uh, pattern baldness yet or anything like that. All the stuff that I thought would be done is not done. Look at Genesis chapter 39, though. Look at Genesis. Let's define prosperity. And this is the story of Joseph. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had bought, brought him down thither. So that's Joseph. He was sold into slavery. He's sold. He's been bought. He's a slave. Now look at verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So let me show you something. Prosperity means success. It doesn't necessarily mean dollar signs, but we associate that with it. But prosperity in the Bible is defined as success. And let me tell you why it's defined as success. Because Joseph didn't even own a thing. He was a slave. And God was making him prosperous. Not only did he not only own a thing, he didn't even own himself. Joseph owned him. And he even was thrown into prison way back in verse, look it down in verse 23, he's thrown in prison. And the verse 23, the keeper of the prison looked up not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Even when he's in jail, he was prosperous. So prosperity has nothing to do with how big a house you have, how big a car you drive, or how much money you have in a bank. Prosperity has to do with success. So this morning I want to preach on seven steps to prosperity or success in the coming new year. And we're going to look at the Bible and what the Bible says you need to do to have a prosperous new year. So keeping that in mind, now let's turn ahead to, to Joshua chapter 1. Turn to the right. 
Joshua chapter 1, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then you'll find Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Let's look at the first and main, defined, the main way to be prosperous. John says, I want y'all to be prosperous. I want you to be prosperous. And I do. I want y'all to be prosperous. I want everybody underneath the sound of my voice to have a successful new year. I want everything to go well for you. But I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but uh, who knows if the Lord's going to give us next year. Uh, there's people that uh, last year that I thought would be here at the end of 2023, and they're not here. Uh, Brother Hank has got a, a loved one that they're driving in the car. The next thing you know, they're, they're having a funeral for her the next day. The next day. I mean, you never know what the Lord's going to bring into your life. So you need to kind of keep that in mind that the Lord doesn't guarantee us tomorrow, much less the next year. And uh, we, we, live, we serve a, a merciful God, and I'm thankful for him. But look at Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 8. So the, to give the context, so Moses couldn't lead him in the promised land. Joshua is about to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. But before he does it, he's got some advice to give them. And the advice he gives them is found there in verse 8. He says, this book of the law, that's what you have in your lap, what you're reading right now. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Be, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. If you doubted my definition of prosperity, there it is defined there in verse 8 as success associated with prosperity. It's successfulness. And he says, you want to be successful, you need to read your Bible. That's the first step to being successful. Okay, I'm going to give you the main step. The biggest step to being successful this coming next year is to read your Bible daily. Daily. You need to be reading your Bible daily. I hit this a lot in my sermon, and I know I hit this a lot in my preaching that I preach about, and I'll say, hey, you reading your Bible? I know you're reading your Bible. Read your Bible. Turn here, turn there. I had somebody come to me that had been following us on Facebook, and they said, uh, Brother Keegan, I, I was watching you on Facebook, and one thing I do appreciate it is you're always turning in the Bible. You're always using the Bible. You're, you're using the Bible. Well, if I'm not using the Bible, what else am I going to use? Amen. I mean, I don't have my own book I wrote. I can't give you, sell you a book or anything like that. It's the Bible and nothing else. Amen. And you need to put the focus on the Word of God. And Joshua tells the people of Israel, he says, listen, you, want, you need to read this book of the law let it not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You need to have a plan to read your Bible coming this coming new year. This church here at Indian Gap, since I've been out here, that I've known of, has always, always tried to give everybody an opportunity and give them every opportunity and, and make it available for them to read their Bible. Here's a, here's a reading Bible chart. This Bible chart here, I'm going to put all this stuff up here that you'll have access to it after, after church service. This Bible reading chart, this will, help, this will show you how much to read through the new year. Every day of the, of the year is on this Bible reading chart. It, uh, like here was September 1st. It gives you the, what, what to read. This is January 1st. Tomorrow you're supposed to read Genesis 1 through 3. It'll tell you exactly what to read. If you follow this Bible reading chart, you can read through your Bible in one year. This reading chart right here. This same chart right here will do the same thing for you. I've, I've got this out here for you. This chart here 
will take you through your Bible, but it'll take you through every day of the week, takes you through a different part of the Bible. Uh, uh, Sunday, like Sunday, you'll, you'll be in the epistles. You'll be in basically in Paul's letters. On Monday, you'll be in Genesis. And on Tuesday, you'll be in Joshua, what we're reading right now. Psalms on Wednesday, uh, basically poetry, be like Job and Proverbs on Thursday. Uh, prophecy on Friday. So every day, you'll different parts of the Bible. But if you follow this plan, you'll read through your whole Bible in one year. If you'll follow this plan right here. And this chart will help you do it. Now, this chart right here we have available here at the church. Uh, Wade was gracious enough to help design this chart. And this chart was designed because of Raymond Music. Because I always harp, harp, harp about, hey, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible in a year. And Raymond, first thing Raymond said to me is, I can't read. And then when I got it out of him that he could read a little bit, he goes, well, I'm a slow reader. I'm like, well, brother, can you read like a chapter a day? Yeah, I think I could read it. So what we did here is this is one chapter. All this is is you just is, it has listed every chapter of the, of the King James Bible is listed on this chart right here. And you can take this chart home. You say, well, I'm a slow reader, Brother King, and that's great. Take this chart home, and every time you read a chapter, like chapter 1 of Genesis, just mark it off. And you say, well, I don't want to read any more of Genesis. I want to go over here to John. Well, then go to John, read a chapter of John, and mark it off. And that way you can see, you can, this will help you keep track of everything you've read in your Bible as a year goes along, and it help you keep track of it. And if you can't get through it in a year, it might take you two years. It might take you three years. It doesn't matter. Just read your Bible. You want to be successful? He says it right there. I'm, I, I didn't put this in your... This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Most successful Christians I know are Bible-believing Christians. Good Christians are Bible-believing Christians. You want to get, live a clean life, a holy life? Stick with this book. I cannot tell you enough how important this Bible is. See those words right there? Y'all might have it on yours. Mine says holy. Do you realize this is the only holy thing you can hold on this earth right now? Jesus has went on up to heaven. This thing is holy. It's pure. There's no error in it. I, I joke around sometimes with some of the guys. I had my Bible. I was riding back and forth to church with Matthew and Wade, and it was nighttime, and it was kind of dark outside. And I said, well, let me open my Bible so we can have a light out here because it should be glowing right now. I mean, this thing's holy. And you should be reading it day and night. And he says there you need to meditate on it. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You know, uh, it's not enough just to read your Bible, but kind of pay attention to what you're reading. If you're reading your Bible and you don't feel like you're getting a whole lot of it out, a lot, lot out of it, then slow, just slow down. I, I really believe in trying to get through the Bible in a year, but if that's too much, then try to, try to slow down. You know, how much it, you know how long it takes a normal person to read these charts right here, to get through your Bible in one year, it takes you to, takes about 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day. How many times, and when you say, well, I don't have time to read my Bible. Hmm. Can you, have you thought about how much time you're spending on your phone or on the Internet, on the computer, or watching TV, or whatever? Brothers, sisters, you can find the time. And I really believe that a lot of it is just we just are not disciplined enough. And if we want to be disciples of Christ, we need to be disciplined enough to, 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 to put the focus on the Word of God and to meditate on the Word of God. I, I, have, I love this quote from Thomas Brooks. He, he said this back in 1600s. He said, It is not he that reads the most, but he that meditates the most 
that will prove the choicest, sweetest, wisest, and strongest Christian. Sometimes you just need to read your Bible and say, just take a few verses and meditate on the verses through the day. Take a few verses and meditate on them. I use my Bible to keep me from sin. I take verse, if I'm having trouble with my anger, which I have a bad temper, I blame it on my Irish heritage, but I have a bad temper. But you should have seen it last night when the Cowboys almost lost that game. My temper came out pretty good last night. Yeah, it was real, real. It was, uh, I'm glad y'all weren't around. Y'all probably wouldn't be here this morning. You saw what I was saying last night. When, but what, you know, the point is, is that I use the Bible and I take verses to help me with, the, with, uh, with my temper. And I'll meditate on those verses during, during the week, during the day. I'll meditate on those. He says to meditate on it. But notice, th- notice also that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It's not enough to read your Bible. You need to be doing your Bible. <laughs> James says in James chapter 1, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. It's not enough just to read your Bible or to listen to the Bible or to hear preaching. You need to be uh, following what the Lord tells us to do. And if you'll do that, you'll be successful and you'll be prosperous. Very prosperous. Very, very prosperous. Look at uh, Isaiah 55. Listen to, let's look at Isaiah chapter 55. Let's move on to the next step. Isaiah 55. I can go on and on and on about reading your Bible. This is a perfect time to start a Bible reading plan because tomorrow's January 1st. And we always have these New Year's resolutions. Well, let's make a New Year's resolution to put, put more reading into the Bible. You might say, well, Brother Keegan, by time, I, I have to go to work really early. Hey, I do too. I understand. And I, I don't have time to sit there and read my Bible in the morning. It's just enough for me to get a little bit of coffee down and then I'm running out the door. Hey, man, sometimes I'm like that too. I'm not a morning person at all. At all. So have you thought about maybe, because uh, with, the, with the modern day phones, you can do so many, so many incredible things. And I do this with my phone all the time. You've thought about reading your Bible? Through the, uh, listen to, excuse me, listening to your Bible as you're driving to work? You can get a Bible app. There's tons of King James Bible apps that have the, has an audio Bible. You can put it on your phone. You can put it on, Bluetooth it through your car, through your truck or whatever. And you can listen to it on your way to work or while you're driving around at work, on your way home from work, and you can get that time in that you need. It'll be good for you to hear the Word of God. be a lot better than listening to that talk radio trash that you're listening to. Yeah, amen. It'd be a lot better than listening to talk radio. It'd be a lot better. Get 15 minutes of that in. You, there's, guys, there's no excuse not to get the Word of God in. Everything that's prosperous about this, this Indian Gap Baptist Church Everything that's successful about this church is because of our focus on this Word of God. Don't ever doubt that. Don't ever doubt it. It's this Word of God right here. It's because we lift up the Word of God. We put the authority on the Word of God. Brothers and sisters, if you doubt that, you need to check yourself. This Bible's that important. Look at Isaiah 55. Let me show you. Isaiah 55. Look at verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Let me, let me stop running my mouth about it. Let me show you. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Here's what the Lord God says about his own words. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. And it never has. But it shall, it shall, it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. The second step to prosperity is to attach yourself with the Word of God. Attach yourself to the Word of God. Associate yourself with the Word of God. Immerse yourself in the Word of God. It's not enough to read the Word of God and to do the Word of God. 
associate yourself with the Word of God. It's simple things like that. It's knowing that God is sending out this word, and this word will never come back to you void. It's never come back to him void. It's going, to be, it's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Those are those shalls, and notice all those shalls in there. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Quote the Bible. Hang Bible verses in your house. Hang Bible verses at work. Put Bible, we got those Bible bumper stickers. Put them on the back of your cars. Surround yourself with the word of God. The most successful thing on this, on this earth is the Word of God. Can you think of anything else that's lasted for 6,000 years? This, you're reading, this, what you just read here was written 2,700 years ago. You know anybody else that's quoting a book that was written 2,700 years ago this morning? Is there any books around that you can think of? Do you see where I'm going with this? People come and go. Nations come and go. Religions come and go. But this Bible's still here. <laughs> Some of y'all are not going to get this until you meditate on it. This thing is incredible. And you can never go wrong lifting it up, glorifying it. Jesus Christ is so associated with this that the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. That's how associated with the Word of God Jesus Christ is. You can't, when you start studying the Word of God and you start studying Jesus Christ, they go in like that. They just come, they come together like that. This Word is powerful. It's successful. You just need to attach yourself to it. Look at 2 Chronicles 26. Let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to another one. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. To the left, to the left. 2 Chronicles 26. We're looking at a successful new year. How can we have a successful new year? Well, we need to be associated with the Word of God. We need to read the Bible. We need to meditate on the Bible. Uh, I can't encourage you enough to read your Bible. I know I'm, I'm going to hammer this and hammer this and hammer this and hammer this. I look at my, when I've had a very unsuccessful year in my life and I look back on it, it's because I hadn't been reading the Word of God. I hadn't been associated with the Word of God. Uh, this word of God, that's how powerful, how, how much I mean. I, I've seen it work in my life. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. Let's move along. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. And this is King Uzziah. He's a great king. Notice what he does in verse 5. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. And he sought God. he sought God in the days of Zechariah. That's the prophet Zechariah that we have the book Zechariah. Who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. The third step you need to follow is, you need to follow is to seek the Lord in all you do. Seek the Lord in all you do. You notice Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. So many Christians, and I include myself in this, so many of us, Forget to talk to the Lord, to seek the Lord before we do something in our lives. We buy houses without asking the Lord, is the Lord, is this the house we should buy? We buy cars without praying, Lord, is this a car I should buy? We, 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 we shouldn't be doing anything in our life if we want to have a successful, prosperous life. We should be doing nothing without asking the Lord first and praying to the Lord and seeking the Lord. Lord, is this what I should do? Is this what I should not do? 
And if you look back at your life, maybe you look at 2023, you say, man, it wasn't very successful. I want to have a more successful, prosperous 2024. Maybe you need to do like Uzziah. It says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Pretty simple, isn't it? This isn't something that's mind-blowing. This isn't something, that, oh, I've never heard this before. But how, do, how easy it is for us to forget this stuff? It's real easy for us to forget this stuff. We need to seek the Lord continually. Seek the Lord continually. We talked about that this morning in uh, Sunday school about prayer and how, how you need to be patient, you need to be persistent, you need to be faithful. And mainly, the main thing is just be faithful. Just be faithful and praying. And this, is all, this all ties into with, with this, is that if you want to be successful, you want to be prosperous, you just need to be seeking the Lord in everything you do. Lord, is this a job you want me to have? You know, 20 years ago when I came back from Bible college, I was looking for a job, and I had all kinds of opportunities to find for different jobs. And some of these jobs that I was, uh, had opportunities to go to paid really, really good money, and I chose being a trash truck driver. Actually, I chose riding on the back of a trash truck. Do you know why I chose riding on the back of a trash truck? Some of y'all are not going to get this until I say it. Not because I want to look through all the goodies, because there's a lot of goodies on the back of a trash truck. <laughs> That's a treasure chest. Ronnie understands what I mean by that. There's all kinds of goodies. Man, people throw away stuff I'd never dream of throwing away. The reason why I chose to be a trash truck driver was because I got off every Wednesday night. And I had every Sunday off. And I went to the job interview. I asked Sonny McGinn. I asked Sonny. I said, Sonny, uh, I appreciate the offer. Do I, will I have Wednesday night off? Yeah, we don't ever work Wednesday nights. Will I have Sunday morning off? Oh, yeah, you get every Sunday off. That's the job I want. That's the job went wild because it was important to me to have an opportunity to minister for the Lord. And I prayed to the Lord, what job should I take? Should I take this job that pays over $20 an hour or should I take this job that's paying less than $10 an hour? The Lord says, take that job that's paying less than $10 an hour. <laughs> How do you explain that? You just seek the Lord and God made me to prosper. I'm, I'm successful. I'm not, I'm not rich or anything else, but I feel successful, but I follow what the Lord wants, wants me to do. Now that's... Everybody has their own thing, amen. Look at chapter 31, 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Man, y'all, did y'all celebrate New Year's last night? Man, y'all are so quiet this morning. Y'all are so, y'all tired this morning? Did y'all get mad like me and stay up real late mad about that game last night? Is that what's going on this morning? We won the game, right? Somebody, some people are just not happy. All right, I feel like I'm preaching this after we stayed, stayed up all night for the New Year's. This is to help you guys. I'm not trying to hurt you this morning. I'm trying to help you. Amen. I'm trying to help you. So we found out for step one is to read your Bible day and night. Step two is to, is to, ha to attitude, attach yourself with God's words. Step three is to seek the Lord in all you do. 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 21. 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 21. Let's look at the next one. 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 21. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, this is Hezekiah, great king, great king Hezekiah. And every work that he began in the service of the house of God, and in the law, and in the commandments, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prosper. So the fourth step you need to follow is everything you do for the Lord, do it with all your heart. <laughs> I can say that because y'all coming in this morning, and half of y'all are half asleep this morning. We have a good, good, we have a good crowd in here to be singing. 
Amazing grace. Is it not amazing? Is it not great to you? I mean, I hate to call you out, but man, well, y'all weren't singing loud enough this morning. Y'all could have been singing a lot louder. I've heard it a lot louder in here with half the people that's in here. Amen. If you're going to do something, do it with all your heart. Is this just coming routine to you? Please tell me it's not. Please tell me that you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you're coming in here not because it's a social gathering, not because you just want to see people, not because you want a fellowship, because you want to glorify Jesus Christ. Tell me we're not just singing these songs because it's just what we do. I just don't want to do something because it's just what we do. I want to do it because we need to do it. Because I want to do it. Hey, sing a song, brother. And when you sing it, sing it loud. Poor Matthew, man. When he first started singing and leading the song service, I said, Matthew, I only have one request. And poor Matthew, if you don't know Matthew, he's not here this morning, so I can talk about him. <laughs> Matthew's shy. He's quiet. He's reserved. And I, I'm kind of that way, too. But when I first, I said, brother, I'll ask you to do this one thing. Sing loud. You don't have to be a good singer. You don't have to hit every note. I won't know if you hit every note. I'll have a tune in my head. But all I ask you to do is raise your voice and make a joyful noise to the Lord. That's all I ask. And we get in here and sometimes on some Sundays, man, y'all are blowing the roof off. I praise God for that. And this morning sometimes it's like, eh. You want to do it all over again now? Well, we're going to have an invitation. We can do it all over again. Because you know what? If I'm going to do something, I want to do it with all my heart. You know, if we don't, if we don't give her all, what are we wasting our time? It's a sin not to give her all. You know, Christ didn't give half heart, didn't do anything half hearted, did he? I'm glad, I'm glad our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wasn't half hearted. I don't want to get up and heal people today. I don't want to get up and teach people today. I don't want to give up and give these parables. What if Jesus Christ got up and said, you know what, I'm not going to the cross today. I don't feel like it. You know, I get to thinking about it, and they're all wicked sinners. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. I'm not going to go die for them today. I'm glad Jesus Christ is not half-hearted like we are. He said, I'll go. Brothers and sisters, I know we don't, and I, I tell this from the pulpit all the time, I don't get up every morning like, praise God, glory to God, hell. I don't come to church every morning just praising God every Sunday morning, just excited about church. But there's a time, brother, it's a duty to, get to, to do your all. We have a duty to do all. And it says there, if you want to be prosperous, because that's the point of this, right? We want, hey, I want to have a successful year. I want to be prosperous this year, Pastor. Well, this is how you do it. To seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. There's one of the steps. That's one of the keys to a prosperous, prosperous life. You know what Jesus Christ said? He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. We need to do it all hearted, not half hearted. All right, let's go to the next one. Psalms 122. Psalms 122. Psalm 122. Praise God. I'm thankful. I, I'm thankful. I'm not trying to run y'all off. I'm not trying to complain to y'all. Like, I'm never coming back to that church. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to lift you up. I don't, want to, I don't want to be a dead church. I think you can see, you can feel the heart and the, and the, and the, the pulse of the church by the singing. And it worries me when we don't sing loud enough. Well, I like to take y'all some down. Sometimes, uh, Wade, wouldn't you love to take these people down there to a Baptist, bad attitude, Baptist blowout? Boy, some of y'all would y'all think y'all was in a Pentecostal revival. 
Y'all would y'all never seen anything like that before. Matt, Wade's been up there with me. Down in Pensacola where I went to church for my schooling. I was down there. My goodness. People shouting and glory. Glory to God. They just yell it out like that. Glory to God. Just yelling out. In the middle of it, just preaching. Glory to God. Preach it, brother. Preach it. And we'd be singing. They get so stirred up, people running in the church, just running, holding up their Bibles. Just running, the, running the, they call it running the bases. I was at one blowout. It got so bad, they, they were throwing hymnals up at the front. Glory to God! Glory to God! Whoa, praise Jesus! They were throwing stuff at the front. They had to get up there. Y'all stop throwing stuff up here. You're going to hit somebody. That's, I like that stuff. I like it. Because Amen. That's why we go to live sporting events, right? We go to live sporting events. We don't want people sitting there going, go team, go. Like, I like it going to sporting events. They're like, kill them, kill them. You're blind, ref. You're blind. You can't see. You know, I love that stuff. And when we come to church, we're like, I don't want to offend anybody. Offend them. Amen. I don't care. Offend them. Get, get it. Let's get excited. Psalms 122, verse 6. Let's have a prosperous new year. Let's look at the next step. Step 5. Psalms 122, verse 6. Here's how to have a prosperous new year. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. It's right there in your Bible. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Have a love for God's city. Have a love for God's people. Have a love for God's land. And we're living in a time and age where they're trying to make you pick a side. They're trying to make you pick a side, aren't they? They're marching in the streets. They're marching in these big cities. They're, they're, they're marching. They're trying to make you pick a side. Which side are you going to pick? I'm telling you what side. I'm always on. I'm always on God's side. And what I found out being on God's side, and the way you find out what God's side's on, is to read this book, amen. And when you read this book and find out what side is God on, God's always on the side of the Jew, Israel, Jerusalem, that piece of land. I'm always going to take God's side. You want to be prosperous? Take God's side. You want to be cursed? Take the other side. Yo, YouTube this up. Just YouTube it. Go on YouTube, Google it, however you, whatever you, however you want to do it. Probably you can find it on Facebook. That Turkish prime minister, or not prime minister, but parliament member, he got up there that, from Turkey, he got up there and he's like, Allah is going to curse Israel. He just dies right there of a heart attack. It's right there. They have it all filmed. He gets up there, Allah is going to curse Israel. She falls over dead. Don't mess with Israel. The Bible says, and you believe this Bible, amen, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Let's turn to Proverbs 28. Turn to Proverbs 28. We're moving on to the next one. Proverbs 28. The sixth step to a prosperous, prosperous new year. Let's move on to, the, to step number six. This is, no, this is another main one. There's some of these are good. Some of these you should be doing. This is a main one here. This is just as, is as important as reading your Bible. Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. I hope I didn't tell you wrong. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. He that covereth his sin, sin shall not prosper. 
That's it. <laughs> I don't really have much more to say about it. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You don't want, if you don't want to have a prosperous new year, don't confess your sins. Cover your sins. If you want to have a prosperous new year, confess your sins. Don't hide them. Don't cover them. We got the promise there in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We got the promise if we'll confess it. If you want to be unprosperous, if you want to have a pros if you want to be unprosperous, don't confess them. If you want to be prosperous, you want to have a successful new year, confess your sins. I don't know what Joel Osteen preaches, but I don't think he does it. Preaches that. And it's, that's, you, if you want to have a successful, prosperous life, I don't know if that's one of his steps in his book, but I'm here to tell you, the main step is you better be confessing your sins. We're all sinners, amen. No, I got a couple of amens. We're all sinners. Sin not dealt with, not confessed, can ruin your success. And they didn't mean for that to rhyme. It just rhymes. When I wrote it down, I didn't know it would rhyme. But sin not dealt with, not confessed, can ruin your success. Amen. It has mine. If I want to have a testimony here, I can give you the testimony of how many times I didn't have a very, I, I was unsuccessful in parts of my life, and the unsuccessful, I can directly trace it to unconfessed sin. Allowing sin to run in my life, allowing sin to have a control of my life, and it, I, I became unsuccessful. And there's times I can trace where I directly am successful because I directly took care of some sin in my life, and God blessed me for it. We, went to, we talked about this in Sunday school, guys, about how God wants us to call us him, he's our father. When you're a born-again believer, he's your father now. You're his child. And you cannot, at least I won't, you, you, were, you raise your children like you raise them, but this is me. I will not bless my child that's misbehaving. You, I, I can't. If my child is not doing what he's supposed to do, he's, I, I cannot bless him. And I encourage them, get this right. Clean your room, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. Take out the trash, take out the trash. If they don't clean the room, don't take out the trash. I can't give them their allowance. And I'm not giving you your allowance until you do those things I tell you to do. Because if I don't, then I feel like I'm rewarding bad behavior. And if I'm a bad, if I'm an evil man, and I feel that way, how much more is a good father going to feel towards us? Say, hey, I want to bless you. I want to do so many wonderful things for you. I want you to have a successful and prosperous life but I'm not going to do it until you clean that up in your life and, and get that straightened out. We're not, listen, guys, I'm not talking to you about approaching a father that's going to have his belt out. The Bible teaches that when you approach God as a sinner, when you approach as a child, or even as a sinner, as, as somebody who's not even a child of his, and you approach God humbly and say, Lord, I shouldn't have done it, you always approach a throne of grace. Always. The Bible doesn't teach you to approach the throne of God. You know when the Bible says God pours, pulls his belt out on you? is when you're running from him not confessing your sin. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spank you, Keegan. I'm going to spank you, Keegan. I'm going to spank you, Keegan. Don't do that, Keegan. Don't do that, Keegan. Don't do that. And he comes and pow, spanks me. But if I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been doing that. I, I really, that's okay. We'll make it better. Come on. Throne of grace. Isn't that what the Bible just says? He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Praise God. That's a great promise. That's a great, great promise. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Last step. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Last step. So let me go through the six steps. First step is you need to read your Bible. Read your Bible daily. Attach yourself to the words of God. Attach yourself to God's word. You need to seek the Lord in all that you do. The fourth step is everything you do, do it for the Lord. Do it with all your heart. You need to love God's people, God's land, God's city. I just talked about confessing your sins. Don't cover up your sins. Confess your sins. And lastly, step seven is, you're not going to want to hear it. You need, to, you need to have a way to give to the Lord. Verse 9, honor the Lord. Verse 9, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You want to associate prosperity and success with having more goods, uh, having a bigger bank account, having uh, having more stuff going, having a success. You, you can directly associate with how much you're giving to the Lord. Now, nobody passed the offering plate in front of you this morning, and I'm not talking about tithing to this church necessarily. I'm talking about whatever you're at, you need to give to the Lord. Sometimes it's not just out of your back pocket, because I know I said give to the Lord, but y'all grab your back pocket. You're not taking my money. Sometimes it's Sometimes it's your time. We got a list up here to try to help some fellow members of the church out. And most of that stuff is not going to cost y'all maybe a little, maybe a dollar or two in gas. But it's the time out of your day to do it. It's the time out of your day to do it. That's given to the Lord. That's given to the Lord. And the Lord says, if you'll give, if you'll give so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I don't preach on tithing here, and it's very, very rare. The, one of the few times I have, Ronnie and Linda's first, first day, first time Ronnie and Linda came into this church, I was preaching on tithing. I'm like, oh, I guess y'all never come back. And they were crazy enough to come back. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you my testimony about tithing because I don't preach on it a lot. The, listen, I don't, we, Indian Gap doesn't need your money. The Lord has took care of us more than we could ever dream. I mean, we're blessed beyond measure here. God's always blessed me, and when, he dry, when it dries up, I guess we'll find something else to do. God's always blessed us. So when I say this, I want to say this with all sincerity. When I took care of tithing in my life, when I said, you know what, I'm going to start tithing like I know the Lord wants me to do. This is my testimony. Y'all live y'all's life. This is mine. When I started tithing, like the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm going to start tithing. And not every penny I tithe to the Lord goes to this church. It doesn't. I'm not going to tell you what things I'm doing, but I'm doing other things for the Lord. But I tithe to the Lord, and the, the, the day I've done that, I've been successful ever since. Here's the great truth, and I've heard old-timers tell me this, and I can tell you now because I'm a little bit of an old-timer. I've got a little bit of gray in my beard. Listen to, if you listen to anything this morning, maybe you need to listen to this. You can't outgive God. I'm going to say it again. You can't outgive God. God's not going to let you be a bigger blessing than him. <laughs> and I'm not trying to preach prosperity messages in the sense of seed harvest where you throw your seed. I'm not preaching none of that. I'm just telling you that when I took care of things, Lord, I'm going to tithe to you. I'm going to give what I think. And the, the Lord has took care of me. And I, I cannot give you a bigger testimony than God's just been so good to me. And I don't have time to finish my testimony, but, man, God's been good. And I don't deserve it. And, only, and I, I directly related to two things. Actually, I directly related to three things. I try to read my Bible and put importance on the Word of God. Two, I try to confess my sins. 
three, I tithe. Those three of those seven steps I give you, those three of those seven steps has helped me to be successful as a Christian. Turn to Psalms chapter 73 in closing. We're closing real quick. Psalm 73. Because I know some of you, y'all are just like me. If there's, some negative, there's some negative Nancy, some Debbie Downers in here. I, I'm, I'm definitely a guy that's, I'm cynical. I, I'm always thinking of the negative. I always think, yeah, right, preach. I'm always, every time somebody gives me something, I always try to think, yeah, well, let me tell you. I always got to come back. I'm always, that's just me. So I know y'all are in here, some of y'all are in here. Turn to Psalm 73 and you're in here saying, yeah, well, what about Bill Gates? What about, I know this wicked person, they do none of those things you just talked about out of the Bible, and they're very successful, very prosperous. Yeah, I do, I know them too. And the Bible has an answer for that. Look at Psalm 73, look at verse 3. And we're closing. The Bible has an answer. Psalm 73, verse 3. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You look at the wicked, and they're not living for God. They hate God, they mock God, and they're, they're, look how good they're living it. Got bigger houses, bigger lands, got big bank accounts. Look at verse 5. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. They live the most wicked life. They're not dealing with cancer. They're not dealing with health problems. They're not dealing with family problems. I see some of these marriages that they're living some of the most wicked lifestyles you could ever dream of. And those people look like they're happily married. It's like, how are they doing that? Right there. Verse 5. Now skip down to verse 12. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. That's verse 12. Look at verse 13. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. Have you ever thought that? I'm doing all of this for nothing. I, I, I'm, I, they're living a wicked lifestyle. They're, they hate God. They're, they don't care nothing about God. And look how prosperous they are. And I'm doing all this for God. And look at all the troubles I'm having. And I'm doing it for nothing. That's what the psalmist is saying right here. Verse 14. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. <laughs> See? So what's the answer to that? Well, keep on reading. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. Kind of kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to offend nobody. But I was thinking, of it, thinking it is what he's saying. Verse 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Every time I thought about it, it hurt me. But look at verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, went into the church, then understood I their end. He said, I, I thought about how wicked they were living and how they're not living for you, God, and how prosperous they are and how I'm doing all this for you and I'm plagued with all this. And then I went into the church and I started seeing what's their end. What's their end? See, I can't, I can't promise you a prosperous new year. I can't promise you new health. Nobody can, amen? And I can give you these seven steps, and I promise you if you follow these seven steps, you're a lot closer to having a prosperous life than if you don't. You might not follow any of these steps and have a very, very prosperous 2024. But I want you to look at the end of the matter, just like he did. And you look at some of these wicked people living out there, what's the end? The end is a devil's hell. And it doesn't matter how unprosperous you are in 2024. I don't know what bad stuff you might have happen to you. I don't know how you might lose all your money in your bank. I don't know what's going to happen to you in 2024. But if you're a born-again believer, I can promise you, you got heaven waiting on you. 
in the end, it's going to work out. Praise God for Jesus Christ. That's why in the end, prosperity, success, it really doesn't matter to a Christian. In the end, it really doesn't matter to a Christian because you know what? In the end, we're winners either way. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse of course talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and until next time. Casting all your care.
upon him.